Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jimmy Uso seems to be getting a little too big for his britches these days, hmm. and it will probably cost him. And we are here to discuss that and so much more because this is the Wrestle Talk Podcast SmackDown review for SmackDown September 22nd, 2023. I'm your host, Tempest, alongside the lovely and wonderful Sat E. Nyangi, wearing a Canadian tuxedo today. Sat. What's causing all this? I'm so happy you noticed. I, I wanted to pay a tribute to a uh, Canadian, uh, I want to say, um, what's the word? A Canadian staple. Uh, I would love to see you do it one day. But also, you know, I want to give a shout out to all my fellow Canadians out there that's watching the show. Uh, what's causing all this? Well, today's Sat E Day. Happy Sat E Day. It is Sat E Time. It also means it's time to do a little few. Feel the power. Um, what's going on? Well, you know, Jimmy Uso's per usual. He uh, the delusions of grandeur because he thinks he's back in with the bloodline family. That is the story they're trying to tell. But unfortunately, most people are not buying what they're trying to sell with this storyline. That's the issue. So me and Tempest here is our job to decipher <laughs> this episode and trying to offer our comments on it. But yeah, it's mostly you know Jimmy Uso. Is, is out of control. He thinks he's part of a group again. Solo Sokoa is kind of seeming a bit more disillusioned each week with what's happening. Mm -hmm. uh, Paul Heyman is getting more grayer on the sides because, you know, he can't handle these two loose cannon. It's all leading up to the return of Roman Reigns whenever that happens. But meanwhile, we got John Cena, who has made it his statement since he's, now that he's, you know, he's back for those few weeks or months to go after the bloodline you've got aj styles who's trying to get revenge but yes that's what we're going to talk about yeah we will talk about it so before we get into that make sure of course that you like this video subscribe and enable 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 notifications great googly moogly subscribe to the wrestle talk podcast channel if you would please 
we're going to get into this because the show opened with John Cena coming out, talking about all the things that he's done since coming back to WWE. He's been a host, backstage correspondent, referee. They're doing the what chant, Adam, like proper Stone Cold Steve Austin used to, where he would just be naming things, going on for 20 or so things, but Cena names like three. He's like, that's it. That's all I've got. You guys, all right, we're, we're moving on. And I've been in, in Hershey, Pennsylvania, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in Denver, Colorado, and such. But he gets to it and says, I did not come back to be a host or a backstage correspondent. I came back to compete, and I want to start that tonight. Everyone goes, yay! And he says that he's not happy. He's mad with the bloodline. And he could take on both members of the bloodline himself. He's ready to. But... He doesn't think he needs to because he's got a phenomenal partner. And, of course, that this heralds the arrival of AJ Styles. AJ Styles comes down to the ring and says, you want me to team with you? Well, the bloodline, if you want some, come get some. Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa come down to the ring. They get on the apron, and then they're like, ah, just kidding. And they leave. They do not engage. So they go to the back. We got a backstage segment where John Cena and AJ Styles are like, Adam Pierce, let's get this match done tonight. Let's have the main event. And Adam Pierce is like, nah, you know, I actually don't have any authority around here to make matches. What? I need to get this approved by Roman Reigns, apparently. What? I don't know. It's whatever. Match isn't happening. Match end up not happening at the show at all. This ends up being a match for Fastlane, as we learn. We get a later backstage segment. First, we get a backstage segment that is just mute. It's just visuals as they're talking over, you know, throwing a commercial and such. Where Adam Pierce and it goes up to Paul Heyman, he's trying to talk to him. And I always love when they do this in WWE because they're like, okay, it's a pantomime this time. You know? Yeah. Like, he's like, I need, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. And Paul Heyman's like, Talking on the phone. But then we move on. Later in the show, in the Bloodline locker room, and this is where things start getting a little bit more interesting. Because to this point, it's just been, you know, pretty standard Bloodline stuff. Nothing of note really happening in these segments. But the later backstage segment means that Adam Pierce comes into the Bloodline dressing room and says, all right, I've got the contract here for you two against John Cena and AJ Styles. And Paul Heyman's like, yeah, that's fine. Just not tonight. He's like, no, not tonight. This is for Fastlane. And Paul Heyman is still not all the way down with it. He still needs to get the green light from Roman Reigns, which he doesn't have yet. But Jimmy Uso is like, yeah, that sounds great. Takes the contract. He's like, mm -hmm. yeah, all right, we'll be there. Adam Pierce walks off. Paul Heyman says, oh, you know, Jimmy, that, that still needs uh, taps on his iPhone. That needs, that needs approval. And he goes, okay. And he leaves. And he kind of like turns to Solo and he's like, what's going on here? And Solo's like, don't worry. After tonight, there won't be anyone for us to face at Fastlane. No. We move on. The main event segment then, this is hilarious to me. Because we often, it's the nitpick of WWE fans everywhere. How they start the show with no main event in mind. No. That, no. that whole trope and everything. No. They didn't have a main event until like, 15 minutes before the segment in this case, because the main event segment here is a contract signing for that tag match, a tag match that was not even broached 
until 15 minutes before. But someone nit- typed up a contract really quickly. Yeah. Right? No, no, no. Nitpicks aside, they got their facts sent from Titan Towers. <laughs> facts. Nitpicks aside, we then go to the ring where John Cena comes out first to sign the contract, have your typical contract signing segment. But AJ Styles does not come out to join him. Instead, AJ Styles is shown being beaten up backstage by the bloodline where Jimmy Uso beats him up, puts him on top of a bunch of crates, beats him, beats him, beats him, kind of like tosses him off. And then Solo Sokoa runs off of like a giant electrical lighting unit of some sort Mm. and does a splash into just the abyss. Because they had all these production crates stacked up everywhere. Like they were building a fort. Like it was pillows and you were going to hang your your blanket across and, and keep it under the TV so you can play video games before, before bed and such. Having a sleepover. Anyway, this fort of, of production crates, it blocks the view of what was clearly a crash pad. And AJ Styles has been put through a table. And he gets wheeled off, taken into an ambulance by Carl Anderson and Adam Pierce and John Cena are all back there. They send him off. He's out, done for the count. We then go to the ring again, and Paul Heyman grabs a mic, and he starts saying something, and Jimmy Uso just takes the mic out of his hand. So that's what happens when you mess with the bloodline. Ha ha. And you can, there's a really good snapshot, which has been used for, pardon me, for the thumbnail of this podcast, where Jimmy Uso has just taken the microphone and Paul Heyman is like, and Solo Sokoa has given him the side eye, because things are not all well and good in the bloodline, nor have they been for all of 2023, it seems. But he says that, he says this is what happens when you mess with the bloodline, and then John Cena comes out to indeed fight the bloodline two-on-one, and does a pretty good job of it at the start. He fights off Solo and then starts hitting his five moves of doom, but before he can make it all the way through the five moves of doom, he gets hit with a Samoan spike from Solo, and that's John Cena done. He gets hit with a Samoan splash from Jimmy Uso, they sign the contract, they put it on Cena's chest, and then he hits another Samoan splash, and they both raise the ones. And Jimmy he does it first and solo kind of like looks over at him and then solo puts the one up which is always interesting because whether or not solo raises the one has been like ooh, what does yeah. it mean yeah. for like the last year but he did do it here and that's how smackdown goes off the air so sat that's me first of all this is where we've gotten to now with the bloodline story mm-hmm. i'm a little bit over it like i feel like i've blown my lid at this, the lid has been blown. I don't have that much more to vent about. Yes. You know our feelings about it, of course. But does this make any sense to you? And please, I know you're Mr. Brightside here. So do try and talk me into this. Um, unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> for disclaimer no this is why you know okay instead of me what we do what what's gotten us good reviews on smackdown is the fact that we analyze characters right Mm -hmm. all right well this is what we've been told so far first jimmy was out then what happened solo said you're not out until we say you're out then jimmy goes fine I'm in the bloodline. And then Paul goes, well, you're in the bloodline, but you're not really in the bloodline. And now this week, they're the bloodline. But Paul Heyman says, we still need 
Roman Reigns to approve everything. So I'm trying to wonder, I'm trying to figure out, what does he do on the phone all day? I mean, by now you should get answer. I think that's the issue. The issue we're having is the issue that probably Paul Heyman's having or we're all having. It's they don't know themselves. Okay, my only positive, because remember, I have to talk you into it. The only positive, the only silver lining is this. Jimmy and Jay have to wrestle now. I mean, they've done all of this. You can't undo it. You can't undo the genie in the bottle. You can't uh, put the milk that's been spilt back inside the, the jar because it's, you know. The dirty. jar? Milk jar. No, milk bottle. Bag. Milk. You have a bag? It's Canada, brother. Okay. Milk bag, eh? Yeah, that's pretty good. Thank you, eh? Okay, um, so their plan is to get Jimmy ready. It has to be a despicable heel. At the moment, he comes across as a grandiose heel. They, they, they grasp him at straws because Jimmy is this clay and molding into being an incredible heel. I feel like that should be the project. The hook of his storyline is how will Roman Reigns react to Jimmy Uso's actions? If it was me... I would assume they would do the whole Sammy situation where we assume that he's going to kill him, but instead he's like, he's actually impressed. You've stepped up in my absence. You've, you've taken that John Cena. You've, checked, you've taken that AJ Styles. Uh, you, you've, you've done enough to earn yourself back into the bloodline. I'm hoping that that's what's going to lead to. It leads to Roman being impressed that Jimmy's showing some leadership skills. You may end up becoming the tribal chief in the future, which makes Solo jealous. You need, you need some sort of development within that group, a new dynamic, because you can't go with the old one because Jay's no longer there, Sammy's no longer there, so they have to create a new dynamic within the group that'll make him interesting. But again, the issue we're having is they keep flip-flopping whether or not Jimmy's in the bloodline or he's not in the bloodline. But for me, the way I see it is Jimmy by himself just didn't work out in the beginning because he didn't have a defined, distinct character to roll by himself. I kept saying it to, to Tempest, if Jimmy's by himself right now, he'd be a third-rate heel behind uh, Grayson Waller and Austin Theory and you don't want to be in that kind of spot on SmackDown. So it's better for him to have the bloodline heat. He's got the comfort of being in, in the bloodline, but only this time, that hopefully they give him a character development because the last time he had the comfort of the bloodline, he had the comfort of being the other Uso that was just happy to be there. But he can't be that anymore because Jay Uso is getting main event reaction. He's got a new theme that's popping. The crowd reaction is incredible. He's now in main event slots. That's Jay Uso on Raw. Jimmy Uso's on main event um, uh, stuff as well because the Bloodlines lacking bodies. I think if Bloodlines had more members, they wouldn't need Jimmy. But Bloodline need Jimmy. Jimmy needs the Bloodline. So it's kind of like a marriage of convenience, if that makes sense. It's, it's, it, we're, we're past the point of caring anymore. It, it, it doesn't make sense anymore. We can't. It, if you don't emotionally invest, you ain't, you ain't going to get hurt so much about the nonsensical plot of the story. But you did ask the truth, and the truth is it doesn't make sense because we're, we're going off what they're showing us. They, Solo said it, you're out of the bloodline when we say you're out of the bloodline. And the next thing you know, he's threatening to, to spike him in the throat. It's kind of like, dude, he, he tried to be by himself, but you kind of told him he's not by himself. So it's kind of like, make your mind up where, what side of the fence you're on. So but if you ignore all of that, it's all about getting Jimmy ready for Jay. So that's where I, I envision it. So when I look, I'm like, ah, oh, I'm overlooking the dumbness. It's about getting Jimmy ready. So it's all about where Jimmy's at in terms of character progression. So far, he's grandiose. He is egotistical. He is full of himself. It's better than what it was a few weeks ago. But where does it lead to? That is a question. And we don't know because they don't know. I think that's a very well put 
argument. I I agree with everything that you said. Yeah. Honestly, I wasn't gonna be an idiot. Listen, listen. I know I'm missing I'm I'm missing positivity within reason. All right, it's, it's right within reason because I keep saying to, uh, to Tempest that it's easier to to jump on the bandwagon of negativity. It's actually much harder to see something more positive, and that's the interesting part. Is that what can you make? Uh, uh, was it lemonade out of lemons? You can because the point is to get Jimmy ready uh, for his run, and he needs the group. The group needs him. We have to also another thing I want to add. It's family. It's not like NWO or DX or the corporation. This is actually blood ties. So it kind of makes sense that you'd have an argument with family and then backpedal and want to make nice. So just remember at the end of the day, they are, they are family and family do do that. You have a big argument at Christmas or Thanksgiving or, you know, at a wedding or a funeral somewhere. And then six months later, or even a few weeks, you, you make up via text and you guys are cool again. There's still some, you know, harboring feelings, but, you know, you do your best with family. That's another way to look at it as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think the biggest thing that I took away from this episode of SmackDown's bloodline involvement and everything is just like, I'm not exactly sure where this aspect of the story has come from. The undercutting of Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns by Jimmy Uso. Like, I guess a lot of things have happened this summer and... Mm -hmm. I just feel like it. the idea of Jimmy Uso now undercutting Paul Heyman's decisions and taking the mic from him and everything like that is just an idea that they have had to extend this out a little bit longer and everything. Like, I don't know where that aspect of things comes from because they told a very, you know, concise story over the last year mm -hmm. where no one would do that. You know, like, you're not seeing anybody, like, go and take the microphone out of Roman Reigns' hands without the crowd going, ooh, and everybody in the ring being like, uh, you shouldn't do that. That's a no-no. Don't do that. You know? Whereas now, like, it's like the bloodline doesn't mean anything. I mean, he, he's, he's already kicked Roman in the face. I, uh, you know no. what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. I think that's what it is. Uh, you're right. It's because it's the, it's, the dynamic has changed. As I said, they need to change the dynamic up. It, it went from being um, Roman's untouchable to he's touched him now. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't backpedal that much because mm -hmm. he's already kicked him. And he saw what, what happens when I kick him. Well, he actually offered me back in the bloodline. So he goes to show you that Roman needs me. So he really knows that Roman needs him. But then Roman now knows that Jimmy needs him too. So what kind of uh, alliance can can they do an alliance of convenience again? They're both buddying up to each other. They're both like, I hate your guts, but I mm -hmm. need you. That probably might make it more interesting if it is admitting that I need him, but I don't like him, but I need him. Okay, I need him by my side because I need to keep the title. He's better inside pissing out than outside pissing in like the whole Sammy analogy that Paul said. He needs Jimmy. Jimmy needs the protection. They need each other. They don't like each other. So it's not a, a group out of love. It's a group out of spite and convenience. If they can establish that, that might make it much more amicable and, you know, digestible for us. I, I completely agree with that. I think the only issue with that is in order to tell that story... You kind of need Roman there to tell his half of it. Like, I don't think it's a story that really works because, like, like Jimmy's not doing anything for Roman right now in terms of keeping the title because Roman never defends the title. No, he's just and Roman's not doing anything for Jimmy either. So I'm like, I, do, I, I agree 
with the idea of it, but mm. in execution, it doesn't work without Roman Reigns also there. You the mean, main character of the story is absent. You could kind of argue the fact that Solo hasn't put a thumb to the throat is Roman giving him space to breathe. <laughs> you could. Because it could have done it from a vacation spot. It could yeah. be like, ex because then again, this is why I say they need Jimmy in a group. No offense to, like, Solo is a silent giant, but look how boring it would be if you just Paul and Solo every week. No offense. It's, what does Paul, Paul doesn't have much to bounce off because the joke is Solo doesn't say much, but then you've got two characters that it's kind of like a friendship group, two people that don't really talk to each other hanging out. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, it's obvious because the chemistry is kind of off because it works more when Solo's angry and then Paul's like molding him because again, even that dynamic has changed. It went from like Paul being like probably the only guy that can get Solo to do his bidding because you can be the next tribal chief. You know, you know, Roman Reigns since now it's like, I can barely keep this guy. It's, like, it's, it's, I guess it's more of the story of when Roman's not around, it's kind of like the naughty kids. Mm -hmm. Dad's not, <laughs> that kind of stuff. But yeah, the, the, the dynamic is all over the place. But again, I'm happy Jimmy's back in for the simple fact that they don't have that much members. If they had more members, then he can be disposable. But right now they need him. He's in a good spot. And I hope they create a new dynamic that makes him entertaining and viable for this WrestleMania match. Because this sounds like a pre-show match if they still did pre-shows. Because, J you know, Jay's got that redemption storyline on Raw, while Jimmy's got a storyline where he's just, I don't know, man, all over the place. I hope they turn it around mm. and turn it around soon. For our viewing sake, we will get into the rest of our SmackDown review here, but make sure that you let us know what you think of Jimmy Uso's current place in the bloodline and how long is it going to be before he needs to be put in his place, either by Solo, Paul, or Roman Reigns, the returning Roman Reigns. Let us know all that in the comments down below. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And in the meantime, let's crack on because we had our opening match of the evening, that being the Street Profits versus Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar, the LWO. And I really enjoyed this match for obvious reasons because mm-hmm. everyone involved is very, very good. I thought this was a really fun opening tag match. I got an itch on my nose. It's really bothering I've me. I've got itches because my facial hair, I need to trim it down. So if anyone's wondering why am I doing this, that's because I've got itchy. My facial hair's. Mm-hmm. Signs arise. Mm-hmm. I feel your pain. Yeah, brother. This was a really good little match. They mm-hmm. did a lot of really fun stuff. It made me realize how much I would enjoy seeing just a straight up Montez Ford versus Rey Mysterio match if they were just given like twelve minutes of TV time to go out there and have a really good, really good U.S. title match. Like that'd be mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome because they were doing things here where Rey Mysterio was doing like the front words Hurricane Rana into the into the corner. Lots of really like cool, exciting action because you got the flying guy and the power guy against two lucha people who are of differing heights and and weights and everything. So there was a lot of like good clashes and meshes of styles here. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed what they were doing. And then we got to the finish, which at first I was like, oh, I sure as hell wouldn't have done that. But then I continued to watch the show and I was like, actually, I might be able to get on board with this. Because what happened here was Bobby Lashley picks up Rey Mysterio and hits his big slam on the apron. And even the commentators are like, he's done. Rey Mysterio's done. That's it. Match over. Because the referee's not paying attention. Rey gets rolled back into the ring. Angelo Dawkins sees this. And he, like, kind of hesitates for a second. He's like, oh, my God, that's cheating. He's been been killed. And Bobby Lashley screams at him to finish him, and he picks him up. Looks like he's going to hit a powerbomb or something. But Rey Mysterio rolls through into the sunset flip and pins Angelo Dawkins. One, two, three, roll up, win. So at first I was like, damn, you're beating the Street Profits already? Mm. Because Bobby Lashley then walks out on the Street Profits. And I was like, are we really going to break these guys up already? They've had, like, one tag match, two tag matches, no matches as a trio. Mm-hmm. We're, we've gotten nowhere with this group yet in terms of their potential, and it looks like they're going to break them up. But doesn't necessarily mean that that's the case because the show continued. And we'll jump to this next segment as well just to give you the full picture because Bobby Lashley is backstage, and the Street Profits come in shortly after the match anyway. And they come in, and Bobby Lashley says... Uh, Like, you hesitated. You didn't pull the trigger. If I can't get you to play the game, you can go sit in catering and I will find someone else who can. And kind of, like, walks out and leaves them just kind of like, because of the story that they then told at the end with commentary and with this is that in, you know, no such words, the Street Profits are struggling being heels. They're struggling adapting to the mindset of cheating and using distraction and the interference and this and that. And maybe 
This is then going to lead to a proper full-on heel turn, maybe with new music. Oh, gosh. Who yeah. knows? But it looks like instead of just Bobby Lashley leaves them and this ends up being like a really short six-week thing that didn't end up going anywhere, instead it looks like they're actually going to use this to go even further with a heel turn. And I would be very into that. In the multiverse, if Shelton Benjamin wasn't released, it would have been like a convoluted way to start a feud <laughs> between Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, and Street Profits. Like this was all, all this was like, all right, you guys are crap. I'm bringing my old guys in. You guys are out. It would have been a weird convoluted way. I would have, I would have kind of halfway through handshake. Okay, it's a weird way to start a feud, but I, I, I kind of dig it. But Obviously, Sean Benjamin released. This is actually to give him edge. I guess what we're watching in real time, which we don't get often, is watching a team slowly turn heel. Mm -hmm. Right? It's slowly happening. Uh, because the reason we call it slow is because they their clothes have changed. They got new tag moves. You know, they've updated their look. But their music and their entrance and demeanor is still of old. So you can tell that it's like they're half in, half out. It's always 50% there. And, and I guess Lashley wants to commit fully. So for them to commit fully, it's dropping the dancing. Mm -hmm. It's dropping the music and then adopting a more vicious, serious demeanor. The new Vicious Street Profits. The new Vicious Street Profits, as you mentioned it. Yeah. But, okay, the only uh, the only thing that I'm a bit uh, I'm a bit against or negative towards is they had no issue attacking the other two members of LWO last week. So mm -hmm. what's the issue this week with cheating? It's kind of like, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, had this been last week and then this week they attack LWO, you'd be like, oh, look, it's them listening to Lashley. They're now being more vicious. It's like, you were vicious last week and now this week you got a conscience. It's kind of like, mm, I don't know. But again, the fact they're telling a story, it is a slow burn. I hope uh, we see it, you know, come to fruition, the, the plan they're trying to have. And also it would be great to see Bobby Lashley wrestle at some point. It's ridiculous he hasn't wrestled like in a few months, mm -hmm. you know, I think you can sort of explain last week's attack on the LWO and such um, in the sense that here they were still willing to capitalize on the interference. It's mm. just that Dawkins hesitated mm -hmm. and it cost him the match. Right. Whereas last week they had to be told, go attack them because they go over to the corner and Bobby Lashley whispers in their ear like, you're going to go and you're going to attack those guys. And then they did it. It wasn't like they jumped into action immediately and attacked yeah. them by themselves. So they're still kind of learning. It's not natural, it's yeah. not natural being heels. Again, I, I consider, for me, whenever, whenever it's a different way of telling a story, I'm always a fan of it. It almost kind of reminds me of when Booker T was going through a losing streak and Charmel was chastising him. And then that was like a catalyst for him to snap and mm -hmm. turn heel on his friend Redacted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I'm into this. I'm into this. They gave Rey Mysterio another win, U.S. champion getting a win. We're getting the Rey Mysterio-Santos Escobar match next week on SmackDown. God forbid any of these goddamn matches get booked on the pay-per-view that there are no matches announced for, but regardless. My spider sense are tingling. If it's the match that happened next week, I wonder if the new Vicious Street Profits will have a say in that. Maybe. And then you know, you know what made me laugh. I'm just now thinking about it out loud. If if they are into cohesive storylines, I would not be shocked if Lashley beats uh, Rey Mysterio for the United States title. Sure. In the next few weeks. I mean, if that is the because we're thinking, oh, a WrestleMania feud, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if they pivot 
instead of of this long standing storyline that's gonna probably you know end up with WrestleMania because we're like what's raiding for WrestleMania next year because we don't see any thorough line yet in terms of where this LWO storyline is going. It could happen, but at the same time, maybe I don't know. A part of me is like that, that would be funny in terms of like haha we expect long term storyline and it's not gonna happen. But a part of me is like no, please don't love. <laughs> don't hurt my soul. But then again, they say it. if you have expectations, uh, be prepared to be disappointed. So. We will see. Yeah. After the match, of course, we have Austin Theory filling his diaper with. Uh, I loved. It. I loved it when you said that in the news. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I tell a lie because it was one of the funniest things I saw on the show earlier before we went to the first match. I believe mm. they post a big graphic that just says The Rock SmackDown tonight, and I was like, I would have heard something about this. You know, by now, if that was the case. And sure enough, it's just WWE false advertising to high heaven because The Rock on SmackDown tonight was just, yeah, we're going to show a recap of last week. So good on you, WWE. Never change unless you can, in which case do. But they show that promo package of everything that happened last week and how great it was. And immediately afterwards, Austin Theory goes and he throws a tantrum. He's yelling at Michael Cole. And Michael Cole's like, what? What do you want? Austin Theory's not happy. He gets told to go away by Adam Pierce and the other officials. And then backstage, he gets reprimanded for hijacking the show. And he's talking with Adam Pierce as they're walking. And the brawling brutes are there. And they laugh at him like, ah, you got humiliated by The Rock. And Grayson Waller shows up, and he's like, oh, don't listen to them. They don't know a real star when they see one. And a match is made for later. Tag match is made for later. That's all there was to this. This was also the run where they did, like, four segments in a row that weren't a promo or a match, where it was just, like, theory in the ring, vignette, backstage, backstage. And I was like, my goodness, space them out at least. Because we also had Alba Fire and Isla Dawn saying in a vignette that the WWE women's tag titles are cursed. Because ain't that the truth. And that curse is the result of one of their spells. Yes. Every person that holds the women's tag titles is met with misfortune. Which is, I mean, like, hey, at least they're leaning into it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's fun. I'm into that. Me too. Me too. I'm a fan of that. And it's also good to know that they're, they're alive. The Holy Alliance are alive. They haven't been shipped back to NXT or anything like that. They still main roster act. So that's a that's a plus as well. Yeah. Must have seen my tweet from this week being like, why did they get brought up? Mm -hmm. Why? Why bother? Because at the very least, like we've been saying that we need some more bodies on SmackDown just to like, you know, differ up these matches a little bit. It's the same women because you, you'll be Mr. You'll be forgiven for assuming there's probably i don't know five women <laughs> five six if you encounter like yeah. like dakota being hurt like yeah. shotzi bailey eo oscar and charlotte that's the whole women's division and, and sometimes you get me chin and sometimes you get scarlet sometimes but yeah it's it's, it's complex com compared to raw where i feel like you do see it's sometimes a similar women, but you see like there's more active women involved. There's more than one segment going on. On SmackDown for a while now, I feel like for the, for the past summer, it's just been one segment. Mm -hmm. It's just the world title segment. And besides the world title segment, we're getting nothing else. It would be great if we had the women's tag champions. If we had Chelsea Green and Piper Niven appear on SmackDown just to break up the monotony. It did happen, right? Did, 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 did Chelsea Green go SmackDown recently and lose a match? I don't think so. I'm thinking of Raw. She lost on Raw, but I nearly, I nearly confused it for SmackDown. And then I realized it's EO that loses on SmackDown. Yeah. <laughs> Not tonight, though. Yeah. Um, but yes, 
I mean, give Alba Fire a, a short TV program with EO. Give EO a win over Kaylee Ray. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm for all that. I, that I like fun. it, but at the same time, I want it spaced out. I do want with more women's segments. That's the issue. We don't have a B plot on SmackDown. We mm-hmm. used to have it. We used to have two women's segments, which was better than nothing. But now we just stuck to one, and it, it's not it's not helpful. I agree. So we move on because next indeed was the WWE Women's Championship match between Asuka and Io Sky. But first, mm. Charlotte Flair comes out. And it was like the most deflating thing. And it didn't end up mattering that much because she just kind of stopped an interference spot. She wasn't like, you know, causing the interference spot or getting in the ring after and being like, haha, now me wasn't like that, but it was hilarious to me that this match that I think most people watching SmackDown have been like, that's the big women's match. Asuka and Io, that's a singles match we're really going to be excited for. And before I can even start, Charlotte Flair's music hits. And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. And she comes out, she goes to ringside. They're saying on commentary that Charlotte Flair has been a perennial contender for the women's championship. And I was like, yeah. You say that like it's a good thing. It's the reason that everybody can't stand her on these shows, whether she's a baby face or a heel. But we move on because they had then had this match, and it was a fine little match. It's kind of where I'm getting a little bit – not even getting. I have gotten frustrated with WWE's scheduling of matches. Right. You know, when – Triple H goes on a call or or a press conference or whatever and say and says like oh we put Chad Gable and Gunther on Raw to avoid having them uh, uh, avoid anybody having to lose time on the pay per view and such and I'm just like bro put the best matches on pay per view because you don't have to worry about commercial breaks no. or anything else on pay-per-view like you do on tv and it means that chad gable and gunther ends up being like a spliced up match where the yeah it's fantastic and like the last half of the match is like some people's tv match of the year type thing Mm. at least for wwe but the first half is just like okay sit in a rest hold now we got to go to commercial and now we're come back and now we can have the match yeah. You could just have them on pay-per-view, especially when the matches that you have on pay-per-view are, oh, wait a minute, none. There's no matches announced for Fast Lane. We don't even know who Cena's partner is going to be currently. Regardless, this match here was fine. I would have liked it to be great. I think on pay-per-view, it probably would have been. That is my point. But they end up going back and forth, mostly grappling uh, towards the end of the match. They were exchanging submission holds and such. And Asuka ends up with Io in the Asuka lock. And she is holding on to it and looking like uh, like Io might tap out. And she gets close to the rope. And the rope is on the other side of the referee between Io and the rope. And so Bailey reaches out, grabs her foot, puts it on the rope. Charlotte Flair comes around punches Bailey. She goes down. This is enough of a distraction, though, to distract Asuka, who then gets a double knee in the back against the ropes, and then Io hits the moonsault and wins. So, a number of thoughts. Mm-hmm. I've given my my thought on the pay-per-view model at this point. Yeah. Smarten up. But, is that just Asuka, like, 
is that just her run here done? Like, I'm not saying she's going to retire or anything, but like this this heel Kana Oscar run this year has uh, not been the greatest. No. Whether it be the the non build for Bianca Belair and her match at WrestleMania into then just winning the title at uh, at Night of Champions, bizarrely, because I don't think anybody saw that coming. No, we didn't. Wins the title, promptly loses it, and now she's just lost her rematch, and she's kind of been a tweener, whatever. She's not really committed one way or the other, heel or baby face, and mm-hmm. that's kind of it. I don't, and given that we only have seemingly room for one women's match on SmackDown every week, I have no idea what they do with her now. Well, don't don't fret, my friend. There's a fellow pirate on their way to rejuvenate said career for possibly the tag title run. I don't know. She may have heard that Nia Jax has shown up, and then she may have gone action. No, the rumor has it she's going to be on SmackDown. That's just a rumor. But hey, that sounds great to me. That's a, ru- a rumor. She's coming to SmackDown, so she'll be far away from Raw, far away from Nia Jax that people are afraid of. Uh, to to answer your question, is this it for the experiment of of Kana or sorry, the heel Asuka? Uh, Asuka's main roster career will go down as one of the most frustrating and interesting one on paper. Frustrating because in real life we lived it. It's not as great as the paper's making out to be. That is very much how I look at it. Because people say, what do you mean she's been buried? She's a Grand Slam champion. And then I'll be like, yeah, she's a Grand Slam champion, but she was women's champion, but she wasn't even the focus of the main division. The, the, the focus was on Bianca wanting to get her title back, which is nice. I mean, it makes sense. Who's the champion she wants to get her title back from? I don't know, Asuka. But no, no, enter Charlotte Flair. She's like, I want to be champion of a title that I did not lose at WrestleMania. Doesn't matter. Even if she'll be like, go, go to Raw. Rhea's got your belt on Raw. What are you doing here, mate? So the issue is, um, people say, oh, could it be like a language barrier thing? No. You've seen with Shinsuke Nakamura, what happens, man? If you really want to push someone, you can make it happen. I even say, you can even get a, a, a manager that does the English promo for them where they can just keep it Japanese. There's ways to make, to, there's a way to help with the presentation. It's lazy booking if you don't know how to book Oscars. Lazy because we saw in NXT, the issue of language wasn't a thing. She said no one's ready for Oscar. Good catchphrase. She has a physical charisma. She basically mugs people off of him saying anything by her mannerism. And when she does talk, it's very entertaining. We've seen on NXT how to push Oscar. If Oscar's pushed rubbishly on NXT, then it'd be like, it's part of the course. They don't know how to push or whatever. We've seen them push her perfectly. And, you know, a lot of people say Triple H. Triple H oversaw things. There were storyline writers that wrote well for Asuka. As much as we like to give Triple H credit, you've seen it. On the main roster, without a competent writer, this is what the Triple H you get. A competent writer like Ryan Ward, who was there at the time, I forgot who else, before Road Dog took over and messed everything up. You saw that uh, Asuka, well, allegedly messed things up for legal reasons. I can't say bad things anyway Oscar was great at NXT on the main roster it's kind of half-hearted if the definition of half-hearted push is Oscar they half-heartedly push her yeah you're tag team champions with Charlotte but you're gonna wrestle each other yeah you won the ladders match triple threat ladders match in TLC between Becky and and and, and Charlotte but it's more Becky and Charlotte were fighting over each other you're just a third person she's the third person in everything she's the third person in her own storyline because she's the one who lost the title but 
the focus wasn't on her losing the title at SummerSlam. You'd be forgiven for not remembering it was her that got pinned by EO. And a rematch happened. Like you said, a rematch happened and then she lost again, kind of uh, clean, even though she was distracted. What do you do next with her? She's going to be a baby face because obviously right now they're positioning because EO's women's champion by proxy uh, damage control are the top heels in SmackDown. People say, don't you want damage control to be a top heel in SmackDown? Yes, we do. But it's still confusing because it's kind of like you're phasing out a heel run that never was, that never really propelled and never got anywhere. That's where the frustration and the sadness comes from when it comes to Oscar's run on SmackDown. This was meant to rejuvenate her. The whole point of her cutting her hair and getting face paint, it was meant to rejuvenate her because for years we've been asking WWE to push her as this killer, unstoppable heel, which she can be. But it's just like they can't do that. It's like they refuse to do that or they don't know how to push her as an unstoppable heel. So yes, rant over. To answer Tempest's question, it seems like the Oscar, the clown Oscar, killer clown Oscar heel experiment is over. Get ready for her to transition back into a baby face and teaming up and being Charlotte's buddy. Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't like that. Oh, that was a really good rant. You, you blew it there at the end. Don't say she's going to team with Charlotte. Until a certain pirate comes back. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> that's better. I, I agree with all your points. Yeah. Uh, very good rant. Thank you. See, I, I can do rants within reason. Within reason, of course. Uh, yes, so then we had the backstage Adam Pierce Bloodline dressing room segment, and then we had maybe my favorite thing on the show, honestly, because you had Pretty Deadly in a hospital room. Yes, boy. And Kit Wilson. Yes. Took me a second. Yes, no, you, you uh, did that, it. You, that you, was a shoot. You, you nailed it. Kit Wilson is talking to the camera, talking about what happened to, to Elton Prince. And he's like, oh, he's hurt his shoulder. It's devastating. And all the while, you look over and, and Elton, like, knocks his drink onto the floor. And he's like, Kit, Kit. And they start going through a training montage. And it's, it's things like he's learning how to walk again. And he steps up onto this thing and falls over. And, and they're trying to pick him back up. It's like, oh, you're going to get it. It's okay. And like interspliced into all of this is the doctor who's like, he has a separated shoulder. He'll be fine. <laughs> and I thought this was very well done. This, I think we said last week mm -hmm. that I wanted to see like getting back in the ring vignettes mm -hmm. of Pretty Deadly. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what I wanted. All I can say is I was sports entertained what I want next year, I want him to give me that Triple H return montage. <laughs> you know the one he had, the one when he came back to face Booker T. We can we rebuild, rebuild him. him. We, we have the technology. Exactly. Just do that with Elton Prince. Just the serious music and then him rejuvenated and his being a tasty snack. Yes, boy. I am sports entertained. It's a shame that I'll never get my dream match of Pretty Deadly against Maximum Male Models. That was my low-key dream match that I wanted to see. But unfortunately, it's not going to happen. But yes, boy, they're coming back. Your future tag team champions. Maybe if they separate the title, I don't know. Yeah, I think it probably would depend on that. Uh, but yes, more of this, please. Honestly, stay healing if this is what we're going to get. Like, yeah, I'm with it. Oh, yeah, again, please do not turn Pretty Deadly into Babyface's Quickly, please. They got mileage as heels. I can see it happening already. Because they remind me of what New Day used to be. Sure. Swami heels. Just, just, just douche. Utter douche. I love it.
<laughs> douche energy. I love it. And then we had uh, the final thing we have to talk about on this here show, because it was another tag match. This time, it was Austin Theory and Grayson Waller versus the Brawling Brutes. I've seen a lot of people talking on uh, on the Twitter machine about Austin Theory and Grayson Waller's entrance, saying that it's uh, Goten and Trunks. Long. And I didn't think that when I saw it, but now I can't unsee it. So shout out to you, Twitter. And they beat the Brawling Brutes, of course. This was a pretty telegraphed result, if ever there was one on this show. Grayson won his first victory. Grayson Grayson Waller won won a match. Oh, my God. And they actually had a pretty decent little finish here. Because if if anything, like, I don't think it's a newsflash here that Austin Theory is not our our favorite wrestler. No. But I think he and Grayson Waller go together pretty well as a tag team. And they did a nice little finish here because Ridge Holland had Theory in a bro- in a Boston Crab, and Butch had Grayson Waller in like a sleeper hold where he's on his back and everything, and then they're on the outside, and he Grayson Waller rams Butch into the post mm-hmm. and then jumps in the ring, does his rolling stunner on Ridge Holland, who's in the middle of giving the Boston Crab. He's hit the boss. The boss crab's broken up. And then Austin Theory picks him up and hits A-Town down for the win. And that's it. And they kind of do a little celebration. And that's that's all for this one. It was a TV match. It was a TV match. But my spider senses are tingling, guys. Because whenever they do something like this, I'm, 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 I'm always often saying to myself, when they put a two people together, what is the end result? Where are we going with this? Is it tag title destination or was it the other side? And you're like, what's the other side? Grayson Wall is a new character on SmackDown. Got a huge upside, no hangups. Great on the ring, great on the mic, has his own talk show, has segments with legends. He's, he faced Edge in one of his final matches. So obviously they think very highly of him. Austin Theory, who's been a heel most of his time on the main roster. You could argue now that he lost the United's title, Usually, if he had a successful United States title, that means, oh my gosh, he's getting propelled for main event status. But what happens when you bungle your title reign? You have to reshuffle the deck a bit with a character. Weirdly, on Twitter, I've seen some sickos say this. <clears throat> Austin Theory should be a baby face. Austin Theory is going to be the biggest baby face ever. Have you seen this video of Austin Theory with a fan? Austin Theory going to be lit when he's a baby face. I fear we're not going for the tag title route. We're going for the other route. Austin Theory and Grayson Waller are going to be a tag team for a bit until they decide WrestleMania's coming up. What do we do? I know. Grayson Waller's going to turn on Austin Theory and Austin Theory's going to turn into a baby face and then you have Austin Theory versus Grayson Waller. I fear, my friend, that's where we're going. Austin Theory is going to turn baby face. I thought you were Mr. Brightside on this show. <laughs> Have I? I, am I or am I Mr. Common Sense? And that's why it looks like I'm positive. I'm just telling common sense. I just see it. It's telegraphed. Why would you put them two together? The tag titles, the tag division is kind of stacked in a weird way. You, you can never run out of tag teams, right? You've got two tag belts on one ta- team. And when you do break it up, you go pretty deadly as the, as the default main status. So why are they together? Because Austin Theory is going to turn face. Grayson Will is a douchebag. Of the two, who's more douchier? Grayson, right? He's more slimier. Austin is a bit of a lunkhead. You look at who's got more of a 
almost appealing attribute. You go for the very young, naive guy. They're going to cheer for him. There's going to be a small smattering. I'm not convinced him as a baby face because we're biased. We're anti-Austin Theory here. We're anti. So whatever I say about him, take with a pinch of salt because I'm a hater, as they say. I'm drinking haterade. But Austin Theory is going to be a baby face. And Grayson Waller is going to play a part of it. You you see the vision in it. It's a dirty I'm not vision. On board. It's a dirty vision. But because what do you? Because okay, what do you do next with him as a heel? Because he's won the United title. You can't give it to him back again because he bombed. So you have to rejig things. So you put him in a tag team and get a bit comfortable. Because no offense, where's that Miz and Morrison? What happened with Miz and Morrison? That's right, the douchier one, Miz. Turn on Morrison. Austin Fury's Morrison. The abs are good looks. Arguably. How did and that work out for Morrison? <laughs> he did. You know what? Yeah. Aust, um, Morrison's original run was fine. He just left because he was not pushed a certain, a certain point. Won a lot of mid-card titles. I remember his feud with Sheamus for some weird reason. Mm-hmm. That and then, good matches. Exactly. That when, ladder match at the at TLC. I bring that up because I felt like he was on the cusp. I was like, if there's ever time to move him further, and they, they never did. And he left because he tried to do what Cody and... and it was like, do what Cody and Drew did. He tried it and... You know, left a bit too Underground. long. He left the privilege a bit too long. I don't know. You know, uh, yeah. This for me is a format of Miz and Morrison. They did with Miz and Morrison because you're a bit like Miz and Morrison. Why are they teaming up? They could just thrive by themselves. I mean, wasn't Morrison just ECW champion and they made him a tag team? What happened? What in the end? Miz turned on Morrison when the draft happened. So I see Austin Theory uh, and Grayson Waller being a tag team until they pulled the trigger of having Theory being turned on by Grayson Waller. They're waiting for it. You have, to, you have to build a team a bit, right? You have to get kind of invested. And they're hoping that Grayson Waller can bring some more charisma into Austin Theory. And when he's done that job, turn him face. Well, let us know if you want to see Austin Theory as a baby face. Let us know in the comments down below. Let us know what you thought of SmackDown as a whole, because that... Brings us to the end of our SmackDown review. The only other thing on the show then was the main event segment, which we have already talked about. So, I mean, bang average, middle of the road SmackDown, I thought. Like, John Cena's on the show. That is cooler than it would have been otherwise. But LA Knight not being on the show hurt. Yeah. Big time. Like, if they had ended the show on on an up note... On ha- and have L.A. Knight come down to the ring. And, and you let them know, just in case people don't know. Yeah, L.A. Knight got COVID, and he was supposed to be on this show in the main event segment and wasn't. But that left a big old void in this show, and unfortunately, that did bring things down a little bit. Like, there wasn't really too much on this show to write home about. I really struggled coming up with, like, what are we going to talk about here? Because my favorite things on the show were like a two-minute vignette, which you could talk about, but For ages, yes. make it a little bit more difficult. And I thought the opening tag match was fun. And yeah, that's fun. about it. I love your reaction. I told you that Austin Fury is going to be turning face because of this. Like, Because I know you never sit at home to wonder, why are they teaming up? But I'm, I'm one of the sickos that go, why are you teaming them up? What is your end goal? It's not tag titles, because SmackDown hasn't whiffed the tag title in a while. So it's like, where does this go, right? Yeah. <laughs> your, your reaction now, Fiat <laughs> You've seen it on Twitter, right? Austin Fury. Oh, I have, absolutely. I just don't listen to those sort of people. I just mute them and move on. Come on, because a lot of people are like, he's, 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 Cena said it, you're like mean trunks, but 
past a certain point. So in their mind, it's like, you're right. By now, seen as a babyface spinning US title. Why are you not there yet, Fury? Fear not. Grayson Waller will get you there. <sighs> well, if I'm wrong, whatever. It was, it was a fantasy book. But if I'm right, remember you heard it, right? Because I was a guy that saw Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens win the tag titles from last year. It's documented on the SmackDown review. I was covering for Tempest. I was in the comfort of my own bedroom. I was doing the show with, 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 Temp, uh, with Pete. And I said to Pete, yeah, based on that Kevin Owens show with Sami Zayn, I think they're going to win the tag team titles at WrestleMania. And lo and behold, I was right. Well, I hope you aren't clairvoyant because I'm good off this I am clairvoyant. No, no, because no offense. It's like a heel for the sake of being heels that's not doing anything. I don't disagree, but I'm not not putting this... uh... They're investing in him. I'm like, if you're investing in him, you better get something out of his investment. He may not be my cup of tea. He's other people's cup of tea. So I want the other people that are drinking their cup of tea to enjoy themselves, even though I'll be in the corners hating on you, drinking your cup of tea so happy with your Austin Theory baby face run, because I'll never buy him as a baby face or as a heel or as a wrestler. Amen. And with that, we will wrap up our SmackDown Review podcast. We will be back on Monday with our review of AEW Collision. And then, boy, howdy, are we starting to run a pay-per-views. It's going to be pay-per-view city from here to the end of the year, it seems. But, of course, if you want to check out any of those live reactions in the future or any of the reviews that you'll be getting in the coming week, make sure that you're subscribed and enable enable notifications. I've messed that up twice today. Enable notifications always own baby so you never miss a review just like it i've been tempest that's been sat and that was austin theory's babyface run we're out of time remember house of the black moss the house always wins have a good weekend Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.